Would you turn with me to uh, two openings this morning, scripture that we've been looking at for weeks now, in Romans the 8th chapter, and then also 2 Corinthians the 13th chapter. Romans 8, Romans 8 and 2 Corinthians last chapter. 13. Everybody happy this morning? Got their victory? (laughs) Hallelujah. In Romans the 8th chapter and the 14th verse, Romans 8, 14, we've been talking for some weeks now about the spirit-led life. And we're stirred up about it around here, aren't we? The Spirit-led life. Let's read our text here, Romans 8, 14. Romans 8, 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. As many as are led. Some translations say guided As many as are led or guided by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. How many are convinced that sons of God, now you understand when he says sons, he's talking about male or female, sons of God, children of God, people of God, saved people, can be led, guided, directed by the Spirit of God. We just finished as a church reading the book of Acts, and we noticed in there, the Holy Ghost book, I mean, every other page is the Spirit led them to do this, or He led them to do that, or the Spirit said this, the Spirit said do this, Spirit said don't do that, forbid them from doing this, it seemed good to the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit was very, very real to them in all of their dealings and all of their decisions, they weren't just making just just decisions of man. They were aware of, conscious of his indwelling and guiding, directing presence. Are we to know him just as much? Is he to be just as real to us? Can sons of God be led, guided, directed by the Spirit of God? Oh, hallelujah. Yes, yes, yes. I'm so glad that we learned that, uh, you know, we don't have to just depend on our little intellect and on our little reasoning and what our friends know (laughs) to get us by. Thank God there is someone, the great someone. That's what the Lord said, you know, when he was, when he was leaving, he, his disciples were, were sorrowful. And he said, you know, uh, listen, it's expedient for you that I go away. It's it's better for you, more beneficial for you that I go away. They, they couldn't understand that probably at the moment. How could it be better than Jesus being with you? Well, the Spirit of Jesus being in you Amen. 24-7 is better. I said, is better. He was their first comforter, their first paraclete. But he said, I'm going to send you another comforter. He was the first. Another means one of the same kind. Another comforter. And if I had to use one word to sum up that word, this translated comforter, the Greek word paraclete, I'd use the word helper with a capital H. Because with the counsel and the wisdom, the direction, the strength, uh, as the Amplified brings up the, 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 the multiple uh, meanings of the name, it all comes back to help. Every area is divine help. Tell your neighbor, look at them say, you need help. <laughs> now you turn back and you tell them, I have help. <laughs> I, have, I have help. Amen. And you do understand that you can't do anything like it could be or should be done without his help. I mean everything from making a pan of cornbread to fixing your hair to driving to work could not be done as it could be done 
if you don't allow him to help you? And do you realize that the Holy Spirit helps some people a lot more than he does others? Do you know that? Yeah, it's just a fact. There's some people the Holy Spirit is helping continuously in even the small things of life. He's helping them while other people, thoroughly saved people, the Holy Spirit helps them very little. And it's not because he's a respecter of persons. It's because some have learned to look to him. To wait on him and to yield to him and to follow him while others just make their plans and do it their way. It's like one fellow said to, you know, he said, well, I, I guess we've done everything we know to do. I guess all we can do now is pray. And the other guy said, has it come to that? <laughs> How many understand prayer ought not be the last resort? <laughs> Looking to God, checking in with the Holy Ghost ought not be the last resort. It ought to be the first thing we do. How much wasted effort and motion and energy would and could be saved if we'd check in with him first, ask him first, let him show us. He knows the best way to do it. Amen. Well, we're learning around here. And Faith Life Church is and will be a spirit-led church. Is that right? Spirit-led, not man-led, not head-led, not need-led, not feeling-led, not emotion-led, not crisis-led, not circumstance-led. Spirit-led. Anybody in agreement with me on that? Now come on, tell Faith Life Church, this church, you and I, this family, we shall be spirit-led. Amen? Spirit-led. Well, faith comes by hearing, so we are immersing ourselves in these things. In the second book of Corinthians, second letter to the Corinthians, 13th chapter, 2 Corinthians 13 and 14. You guys act like y'all are awake this morning. It's wonderful. 2 Corinthians 13, 14. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Is the Lord Jesus a person? Certainly. God the Father, is he a person? Certainly. What about the Holy Spirit? We've been talking about that for some weeks now. We went back and noticed how many times, I think it's like 17 times, just in that passage in John 14, 15, and 16, where Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit with masculine personal pronouns. He, 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 him, him, his. The Holy Spirit's not an it. It's he. Amen. And we, we're, you, you can't fellowship with an impersonal entity and object. You can't fellowship with this chair. You might feel like you bond with it if you stay with it long enough, but you can't fellowship with it. You can't fellowship with the piano. You can't fellowship with a, a flower pot. You can't fellowship with electricity. I mean, you may, you may feel shocked from your encounter with it, but you're, you're not going to get to know electricity. Y'all are not going to share thoughts. Well, some have referred and thought of the Holy Spirit as an it. They'll even talk about, you know, well, what about this Holy Spirit business? What is it? You know, right away, they don't know him. Cause he is not an it. And, uh, we, so we've gone through, and if you haven't been here, tapes are available. It might do you good to, to hear to catch up with us. But we've talked about how the Holy Spirit has a mind. Talks about the mind. The New Testament talks about the mind of the Spirit. Holy Spirit has a will. 
will. Holy Spirit has what we might call feelings. I don't particularly know if that's the best word or emotions, but he uh, responds and he, we went through scripture that he can be vexed or grieved. And we looked at the soul of God. God is a spirit. He has a soul. And we went through numerous scriptures where that we saw that God gets angry. God can be grieved. Uh, by, he talked about his heart being broken. God also rejoices. God sings. How many like to have a CD of God's favorites? I'm talking about Jehovah singing. Whoo. One of these days. One of these days, you and I will be in glory. And somebody will bump us and go, the Father's about to sing. We'll go, whoo, glory, glory. Everybody gather around. The Father's going to sing. How many believe he can hit some notes? Whoo, notes we ain't never heard, ain't never thought about combinations of notes. Ooh, I'd like to hear it right now. But we will get to. I said we will. Maybe the Lord Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit would do a trio number for us. Woo! Happening stuff. Ooh. Glory to God. You'd have to talk in tongues to describe it. And then not do it. But anyway, Jesus is a knowable person. Hmm? How many would lift your hand and say, I know Jesus? No, we're not saying we know everything about him, but we know him. We know the Father God. He's real to us. And, he, and the scripture said, if any man love God, the same is known of him. You love him, he knows you and claims you. Well, the Holy Spirit is knowable. This scripture talked about communion or fellowship with him. Let's go over this in our, in our last study last week. We looked at respecting the Holy Spirit, reverencing the Holy Spirit. We gave you three R's to being led of the Spirit. And remember I told you the Lord corrected me on one of them. Three R's. I had given you the uh, recognize the Holy Spirit, respect the Holy Spirit, and respond to the Holy Spirit. But I told you the Lord corrected me said, no, respect is number one. Respect the Holy Spirit or reverence, either way you want to say it, reverence the Holy Spirit, respect the Holy Spirit. And then secondly, you must recognize Him. I think a lot of people don't yield to Him because they don't real, they don't recognize that it's Him. Recognize Him. You're going to recognize how He deals with us. And we're going to talk about that later on. And then thirdly, you must respond to Him. Actually, uh, I'm excited. I have to watch myself not get ahead of myself here. But the Lord spoke to me about this even last night. Because don't you have a desire to be closer to God? For him to be more real to you. Oh, in any Christian that loves God, that's one of the biggest things in their heart. Is they want to be closer to God. They want him to be more real to them. Well, he has committed to us to manifest himself to us if and as we obey him. Now, I'm going to talk about this later. But that's this number three point. Respond. Do you want God to be more real to you? Do you want to be more sensitive to him? You must respond to him. You must obey him. And as you obey him, he becomes increasingly more real to you. Hallelujah. He takes an active role in revealing himself to you. Manifesting himself to you as you are conscientious to obey him. To respond to him. Now the other side of that is true too. If you ignore him. If you ignore him. If you disobey him. You don't respond to him. Then you get duller. And the things of God get more vague. And indistinct to you. And this explains why many many Christians. Are dull to the things of the spirit. It's not God's fault. I said it's not God's fault. 
But the good news is, no matter how dull one has become, they can be sensitive again. Amen. We're going to talk about how this works and and, and how to do that. But let's go further today with number one. What's number one? Respecting or reverencing the Holy Spirit. He is a person, but he is a divine person. He is God. And as such, he ought to be respected. He ought to be reverenced. Can you say amen? Amen. Now we went over different scriptures. And we saw how that the Holy Spirit can be grieved. You remember Ephesians 4.30? It says, Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed to the day of redemption. We saw that the Holy Spirit can be quenched. 1 Thessalonians 5 said, quench not the Spirit. That word quench means to smother, like you would take a wet blanket or something and put it over a a fire. Quench it, smother it out. And, And, of course, the Bible uses the exact precise language because the Holy Spirit leads us internally, not externally. Don't be putting out fleeces for God to lead you. You say, well, Gideon did. Gideon wasn't born again. You couldn't tell Gideon be led. He didn't have the Spirit in him like we do. Well, Lord, if you want me to do this, then you do that. Well, Lord, if you don't want me to do that, then close the door. Well, Lord, if this is you, then have four red trucks pass my house, one right behind the other, and I'll know him. Don't pray that way. Someone said, well, I did pray that way and it worked that way. I know God has mercy on babies. In my own life, he was merciful to me in some of these things. But friend, you got to understand that the enemy is out in this realm. He can manipulate and do some things externally. You and I are not to be led that way. Sons of God can expect to be led not by fleeces. But by the Spirit of God. Amen. And He leads us internally. Right? Internally. Well, man, if I tell you what now. I'm going to have to see a burning bush. Uh, you know, if I do that. Well, you're, you're being hard-headed. The, the psalmist said, don't be like the horse or the mule. You have to put a bit in their mouth and you have to make them do something. Don't talk like that. Well, I mean, I'll tell you, I'm going to have to have four prophecies and three words and a burning bush before I'm going to move. Well, you're saying you are hard to deal with. Yeah. We want the Holy Spirit to find us easy Amen. to work with. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And see, listen to the description. Don't quench the Spirit. Well, that means you could. And sometimes you get something inside you, and it's no overwhelming thing. It's not an audible voice. It's it's not an open vision. It's not goosebumps or hot flash or cold flash or any. It's it's a sense. It could be like a like a burning ember, like a little little small flame or something inside you. Well, see, you can easily just get in your head or get in your feelings and walk by side and just quench that. Just. I don't know what that is. Just quench it and forget about it and go on and do what you wanted to do. The Bible said don't do that. Don't quench the Spirit. Now this is also a favorite verse of people who want to interrupt services. (laughs) Are mic grabbers. (laughs) Anybody know what a mic grabber is? (laughs) Oh boy. A lot of times people, you know, if you don't allow them to do everything they want to do when they want to do it in the service, then their favorite phrase is, oh, you're quenching the spirit. Quenching, well, maybe quenching your spirit. But we got to understand that one or two people in here is not the only ones who know the Holy Ghost. Right? And we should hope that the leadership would know the Holy Ghost song. Right? And if it's God, then we should know it, the leadership, and other folk, you should know it too. And we just want you to understand, we believe in prophecy, we believe in tongues and interpretation, we believe in the gifts of the Spirit. 
But just understand, at this church, all prophecies and all tongues and interpretations will be judged. Including mine. What do you mean, Brother Keith? Well, we're going to judge it. Is it God? Is it not? Well, so we will judge the Holy Ghost. No, we're talking about judging you. Judging your prophecy. Whether it is, you know, we got to understand, the Holy Ghost is perfect. But men are not. And sometimes in yielding to the Holy Ghost, people can mix some of their own thinking. I've seen prophecies that the first third of it was Holy Ghost. The second third of it was a mixture. Them, some of it was them, some of it was the Holy Ghost. The last third of it was just them. But they covered it all by saying, thus saith the Lord. Which really, if they'd have been accurate, they'd have said, thus saith the Lord. Then they'd have stopped a third way and said, thus says the Lord and me. And then at the end, they'd have said, thus saith me. But they don't do that. And I'm, we're not throwing in the rocks. You, you know, I've made mistakes in these areas. Uh, and, and as you're exercising and, and you're new to these things, you may make a mistake. And that's not the end of it. Uh, you know, you made a mistake when you was learning how to drive. When you was learning how to ride a bicycle, you made some mistakes. You might have fell down. You didn't quit. You get back up. You get on. Amen. But I'm just letting you know because we've already had some of these things come up and we've talked to some people and some people didn't like it because we, we judge their prophecy. But, you know, if you prophesy to somebody to do something and they do it and it messes them up, then we're going to have you and talk to you and them together. And you're going to have to deal with it. And you're going to have to come to grips and say, I'm sorry, I missed it. Did you hear me? And then we'll love each other and we'll go on. And if I missed it, I'm going to admit that I missed it. Y'all are quiet this morning. We have and we're going to have the gifts and the manifestations of the Spirit in operation. But you know, the same thing that makes uh, churches and people open to the moving of the Holy Spirit also leaves them open to deception. Some people, you know, nothing moves around them. Not Holy Ghost and not anything else. But some folk, now I know because I've traveled, I've been to many churches for years now. And some churches, man, the Holy Ghost can move and, and goofy people can move and demons can move. It just any, anything goes. We don't want that. I said we don't want that. We want the real. Right? We want the Holy Ghost to be completely free. Demons, not free at all. Right? Confused people, not free at all. And I'm not proposing that I know all about that, but we're going to learn. Amen? Is that okay now? But all, all prophecies, all tongues and interpretations that happen in the service or in the foyer or in the parking lot that come up with issues are going to be judged. Did you hear me? And if you miss it, then we're liable to all be sitting down together and somebody's crying because they followed your prophecy and messed up their life. Then we're going to look at them and we're going to look at you and go, now did you prophesy this to them? And if you go, yeah, well, it looks like you missed it. Did you miss it? And you'll have to say uh, yes, are you, or no, and we'll have to deal with it. Because uh, I'm the shepherd, I had to watch out for the babies. Amen. And we, we can't let babies be misled. And at the same time, we don't want to quench the spirit either. So we'll have the wisdom of God. And the help of God. Is that okay? Everybody happy? Hallelujah. And if I stand up here and prophesy, you judge it. You judge it. And you judge it by the book, by the written word of God. And you judge it by the witness that you have inside. Because if it's the Holy Ghost, you got the same Holy Spirit I do. Amen. Or Phyllis or anybody in here or any, any speaker that comes. The Holy Spirit can be quenched. He can be grieved. Now go with me to Acts, the fifth chapter, please. Let's get into something. We, we looked last week that the Holy Spirit can be blasphemed. Blasphemed. 
And what a serious thing that is. Some of the strongest words that Jesus spoke. He spoke about blaspheming the Holy Spirit. And the reason, the, the thing that brought that up is that they said he cast out devils by Beelzebub, prince of devils. And they're attributing the work of the Holy Spirit to the devil. And he warned them solemnly that, you know, blaspheming the Holy Spirit would not be forgiven. Now, look in Acts, the fifth chapter, and notice further about showing proper respect to the Holy Spirit. In Acts 5, you know the story, but let's look at it in the light of of this. Acts 5 and 1. But a certain man named Ananias, with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession. You realize in the previous chapter, a number of people had been selling houses and lands and bringing them into the church. And uh, verse 2, they kept back part of the price. Everybody say, kept back. Now, holding back. And keeping back, not not just money, but just spiritually, holding back is a very uh, serious thing with the Lord. Hold your place right here. Go to uh, Hebrews, please, 10th chapter. Hold your place in Acts 5, please. Hebrews 10, 38, 10, 38. Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, if any man what? Do what? Draw back. My soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who what? Draw back unto perdition or destruction. But of them that believe to the saving of the soul. How many understand spiritually drawing back? Holding back, pulling back, is a negative and a costly thing. When the Lord calls, what do you do? Step up, step out. Amen? You don't pull back and pull against Him and draw back and hold back. You know around here, we put no pressure on you about giving. We don't ask you to give. I believe it's a privilege to give. Amen. 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 It's an honor to give. So you you won't hear any pulling and pleading and begging about money around here. If you do, you'll say, oh, God, help Brother Keith. Something's happened to him. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's not me and that's not what I believe. But let's say you're in the offering here or anywhere. And the Lord deals with you to sow something. And you don't. You hold back. Is that faith? Don't even think about church. You're at work. And God deals with you to give a fellow employee a $100 bill. We're talking about being led by the Holy Spirit now. Right? And if he deals with you to do that. And you don't do it. You hold back. You pull back. Is it true that now you have displeased the Lord? He's dealing with you to do something. You quench the Holy Spirit. And you can grieve Him. He deals with you to give of your heart, to give of your friendship, to give of your loyalty, to give of your time. Anything that He deals with you to give, to sow, to invest. If you hold back, if you draw back, you displease Him. You're not operating in faith. It takes faith to turn loose, doesn't it? It takes faith to let it go. Let's say you're sitting there. And at lunchtime, on the job, God's debt with you to give this $100 bill to this person. And you pull your pocketbook, you know, you you look at it. And we got a 10 and we got a 20 and we got a 100. That 100's the biggest thing we got right here. (laughs) And here's the natural thinking. The thought comes. Now, what have I got coming up between now and the end of the week? Well, I got this. I got to put gas in my car and I got to have lunch money 
And oh yeah, and I got that bill too, that $50 bill. I got to pay. And people reach and maybe get the, uh, get the 10. And give the 10. Well see now, nobody might have known that except them and the Lord. But if you held back, somebody said, well the Lord always deals with you to give the biggest thing. I disagree. I don't, I don't agree with that. He deals with you to do what is right for you to do. And he knows better than anybody. If, uh, you, you say, well, you know, here's the 10 because I, I got to have this. Why didn't you, why did you hold back? Why did you keep back? Why did you draw back? Because you weren't, people say, well, I couldn't afford it. It's got nothing to do with afford. It's all about faith. Why didn't you do it? Because you weren't completely convinced God could get it back to you by the time you needed it. That's what it's about. Not trusting Him. Not, not having confidence in Him. How many believe God can get it back to you? Yeah. In time. Yeah. And more besides. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Besides that, you're in faith because you never worry about money. Right. Ever. Right. Is that right? Yeah. You never do. Never. Well, we got to be one of the happiest churches in the country. Because yeah. yeah. we never, ever worry about money. Amen. We don't worry about it. Some people are getting it. Some are looking at me funny. You'll be happier if you join us. Guaranteed. Well, they kept back. Everybody said kept back. Bad idea. Kept back part of the price. His wife also being privy to it. And they brought a certain part. How many understand part? That means partial. Partial obedience. Partial commitment. Partial. That means the other part's being held back. And they laid it at the apostles' feet. Now, I understand the Holy Ghost is moving in this church. I'm talking about this church. Yes, Faith Life Church. But but then this church. Right here in the book of Acts. This church. And Peter and some of the others were some of the head ministers there. And the Holy Ghost is moving. Healings are taking place. Miracles and signs and wonders. Word of knowledge. Word of wisdom. And so Peter, when Ananias brings this money, he calls his name. He said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Ghost? To who? Now, you know, without me finishing reading this, you know, this is one of the most severe and one of the swiftest judgments in the New Testament. I mean, I've read this before and I thought, Lord, I mean, just like that, dead. This has got to be serious and severe in your heart and mind. Help us to see it the way you see it. What was their sin? I mean, people have done a lot of stuff. And they didn't get judged and die on the spot. People have done a lot of stuff. Lying and stealing and you, I mean, a lot of stuff. And they're still walking around. What was so severe? What was their sin? They lied to the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost was moving in their midst. They sensed his presence. They saw him moving in other people's lives. Ananias and Sapphira are not dumb. They are not. See, this is what makes it so serious. They are not ignorant. They know something of the Holy Ghost moving. They know what's going on here. They know better. But who's going to know? Did they call their self lying to the Holy Spirit? Oh, no. If you'd asked them, you know, you're not going to lie to the Holy Spirit. Oh, no, 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 I wouldn't lie to the Holy Spirit. Who'd they think they were lying to? Peter. Men. Oh, friends, are you getting this now? 
So we're talking about reverencing and respecting the Holy Spirit. But people have this disassociated in their minds with how they treat and respond to men. He said, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back? Everybody say keep back. So that was the, that was the mistake that caused them to lie to the Holy Ghost. Keep back part of the price of the land. He didn't rebuke them for not giving it all. Did he? He said, while it remained, was it not your own? Nobody told you to sell it. We didn't ask you to sell it. And after it was sold, was it not in your own power? Nobody told you how much you had to give. You could have come up and said, we're going to tithe off of this. Been fine. We're going to give 25%. Great. We're going to give half. Wonderful. But you don't lie and say we're going to give all when you're not. Lying. Oh, friends. I, you know, those of you that have been around here a little bit, you know that that's one thing you don't want to do with Brother Keith. But I believe the reason I'm that way is because I'm convinced he's that way. And I, I'm, I'm adopting this and I want his ways to be my ways. And I'm telling you, I know you can read the scripture. God hates lying. He hates it. Look in the Proverbs. Look in other places. And he talks about how the devil is a liar. And the father of it. So when somebody's lying, they're speaking the devil's language. Not God's. And I'm telling you. God, the Spirit of God is the Spirit of truth. And He is light. And there is no shadow about God. There is no gray. There is no inkling of darkness at all. Just light. Or just truth. There's not the least bit of falseness about Him. That's why if you worship Him, you must worship Him how? In spirit and in truth. One of the worst mistakes you ever made in all your life was to tell a lie. When I get to talking about this, it comes up in my spirit and it's so big, it's it's difficult for me to, to express it seems. But friend, whatever happens, tell the truth. If it costs you, tell the truth. If it costs your relationship, tell the truth. If it costs you money, if it costs you a job, tell the truth. Because the most important thing is you and God. Your relationship between you and God. And I'm telling you, God has never been, will not be, any partner to any part of a lie. Will not be. He hates it. You should hate it. So here in the midst of this move of God, they tell a lie in front of all the people. They lie to God's man, Peter. They look him in the face. Lie. And the Holy Ghost took it personally. Didn't he? He said, you lied to the Holy Ghost. He said, you have, uh, the last phrase in verse 4, you have not lied to men. What? But unto God. Well, he says Holy Spirit, then he says God. Is the Holy Spirit God? You can't lie to an impersonal entity. He's a person. Can the Holy Spirit hear you when you talk? Certainly. Does he know if you're lying or telling the truth? Certainly. Can he be grieved? Can he be vexed? Can he be insulted? We looked at Hebrews 10. Done despite to the spirit of grace. He can be insulted. He can be blasphemed. He can be lied to. But those who love God. And those who reverence and respect the Holy Spirit. Would never lie to him. Never. Lie to him. It's one of the biggest problems. You know Jesus. One of the biggest things that he strongly condemned. And and spoke against. Was hypocrisy. 
And hypocrisy literally means pretending, play acting. It's one reason that many outside the church despise the church. Because they've seen so much junk. They see people get up and talk one way and live another way and pretend and lie and steal. And they do it themselves, but they expect better out of us. (laughs) They think it's a double standard. It's not. But we are to be examples too. But we must be real. I've had privilege to be around some spiritual people. In my estimation, some of the most spiritual. And in every case, without exception, they're very real. Very genuine. Amen. I told just recently they, they had asked over at Ramah about writing something that uh, some experience with Brother Hagen that stood out to me. And, and I jotted this down. I've told some of you, but I'll tell it again. This is one of the first crusades that Brother Hagen took Phyllis and I on a number of years ago. And he was going to have me speak. Well, man, the anointing was strong. It was a wonderful meeting. place was packed. There was people that couldn't even get in the building. It was over on the West Coast. And, and uh, Phyllis and I just thought, boy, we're in the glory. We're in the glory. And we're, we're riding to the meeting with the Hagens. And on this particular time, they, Miss Aretha and Phyllis and, and Brother Hagen were sitting in the back seat all. And I was sitting up in the front seat with the driver. Brother Hagen is sitting right behind me. Well, it was quiet. And I didn't want to say anything, you know. We're just sitting there smiling like the cat that got the canary. Thinking, man, <laughs> we're riding to the meeting with the Hagens. Whoo, man. We got it. We're in the anointing here. We're in the glory. All at once, he reached up and grabbed the back of the seat. I'm sitting there and start shaking it and shaking it, going, "Woo, woo, woo!" I mean, he's shaking the he's shaking the whole car, and then he grabbed it again, "Woo, woo!" I mean, a lot louder than what I'm doing in the car. And he said, "Boy, did you feel that?" It's our first time to be with them on the meeting. I thought to myself, oh God. No. I didn't feel a thing. I'm thinking there. Now here I am. He's having this amazing experience. And I don't discern a thing. Finally I said, no sir. I didn't feel anything. He said, me neither, and started laughing. (laughs) Started laughing. All of us laughed. I thought many a time, now what if? Huh? Truly spiritual people are not put-ons at all. They're not phony They don't try to make up something if it's not there. And what if I'd have said, oh, oh, yeah, whoo, whoo, yeah, man, whoo, glory, now that you say it, whoo. (laughs) Well, see, I'd have been foolish, right? And I would have displayed unspirituality. Friend, when it comes to the things of the Spirit, when it comes to the gifts of the Spirit, when it comes to revelation, you either have it or you don't. These things are real. They're not products of people's imagination. Though some people try to manufacture these things and they're counting on folk not knowing God well enough to know whether it's real or not. There is the real. And there are people who know the real. Amen. And I don't want any junk. I just want the real. How about you? Just the real. The real. Oh, because the real is so wonderful. God is real. His presence is real. His glory is real. His spirit is real. And to be respected, not lied to. Go with me quickly back to Exodus, please. Everybody say reverence the Holy Spirit. Now I want you to see a, a problem that these guys made. He said, you hadn't lied to men, you lied to God. 
And Ananias, when he heard those words, he fell down and gave up the ghost. I mean, right there on the spot. Dead. Died. That's quick. Everybody ought to be making a note. Don't do this. (laughs) Right? Don't do this. (laughs) Don't do what? Did they think they were lying to the Holy Ghost? They thought they were lying to men that wouldn't know. Hmm? But the Holy Ghost did know. And the Holy Ghost in the man caused the man to know. Right? And then the Ananias is dead. Right now. It's interesting too because the Bible said that the young men came and wound him up. Lion will wind you up. And, and took him out. No, no viewing time. No, not notifying the family. Buried him. They picked out the spot where he was buried. Buried him right then. How many believe the church can operate in the same and even greater power and place? Well, then we're going to see things like, you know, hopefully not too many people dying like that, but things uh, uh, where the Spirit of God is moving and it's not so much men's plans and we'll take care of that and we'll do that. And how many understand? Nobody said anything about this either. The family didn't show up at Peter and said, Where'd you bury him? How come? Oh no, everybody was scared to talk to Peter. <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't pop up there and go, You didn't ask us. See, all this yan yan stuff is because of a lack of respect for God. People feel too free to run their mouth. No fear of God. No reverence of God. But the Bible said after that, great fear came on all of them. And if the church needed some two by fours at the sawmill, they were, yes, sir, here, take some extra two by fours. We're, now, it's exactly how many we told you, and even three extra ones. Don't worry about it. <laughs> even sinners. Hey, why? Because people are falling dead because of lying. We say we want the mighty and strong move of the Holy Spirit. This all goes together. When the Holy Ghost is so real and he's moving so strong, we best respect him too. He's God. Now he's gracious. We don't want, we don't want to be afraid of him like you would a, a storm or something, but you should respect him. And you don't lie to him. You don't lie to him. In Exodus, I believe this is the uh, 14th chapter. No, 16. This all goes together, but just go straight to 16. Y'all got a few more minutes? Or? Yeah. Exodus. You know, people have the mentality, millions do, of going to church, you know, kind of like they go to work. You go, you do your time, you go home. And I, I did my thing. Well, no, you're supposed to get something when you go to church. Right? You're supposed to get something. You're supposed to get a supply of the Spirit. Your Spirit's supposed to get fed. You're supposed to get uh, faith enhanced. Amen? And then you take it with you. You don't just go and go, oh, times, let's go. We were there. Well, it's kind of like reading your Bible. Somebody said, well, I I read, you know, 12 chapters. Excellent. What'd you get out of it? Well, I read them. What'd you get? No, it's not just reading. It's not just the words bouncing off your eardrums. You're supposed to be getting something. Getting something. Everybody say, I'm getting something. I'm getting good things. In uh, Exodus 16. Are you there? In Exodus 16. Moses and Aaron. God's chosen leaders. Are leading the people. And in verse 1, they took their journey from Elam and all the congregation of the children of Israel came out in the wilderness of sin, which is between Elam and Sinai on the 15th day of the second month after their departing out of the land of Egypt. And the whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against 
Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said to them, Would to God we had died by the hand of the Lord in Egypt. We sat by the flesh pots and we had bread to the full. Other place you read it says, We had cucumbers and watermelons. And it was so good. It was so good that you were beat like a dog, worked like a mule, owned by somebody. It's amazing how people forget. Sometimes the devil comes try to tell you, paint a picture, how good it was back in sin. You're not that dumb, are you? I hope not. (laughs) It's awful being without Jesus. Awful. Death and destruction and no blessing. Oh no. Only thing you missed by serving Jesus is death. Curse. Destruction. But they're griping and they're blaming Moses and Aaron. Murmuring, griping against them. And the Lord told them he was going to bring manna down for them. And in verse 7. In the morning you'll see the glory of the Lord. For he hears your murmurings against who? But I thought they were murmuring against Moses and Aaron. He said, uh, he hears your murmurings against the Lord. What are we that you murmur against us? Moses said, this will be when the Lord shall give you in the evening flesh to eat and in the morning bread to the full. For that the Lord hears your murmurings which you murmur against him. And what are we? Your murmurings are not against us, but against the Lord. See, they thought they had a problem with Moses and Aaron. They thought they were fussing about Moses and Aaron. And who took it personally? The Lord Lord took it personally. He said, you're speaking against me. You're murmuring against me. We read the scriptures. Matthew 10 and two or three places in the gospel account of John. How Jesus said, if you don't receive, receive me, you don't receive the one who sent me. And then he went on to talk about if you don't receive the one I send, you don't receive me. God's very big on delegation. He took it personally that they were griping against him. If you'd asked them, are you griping against the Lord? Oh, no, 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 not against the Lord. But this Moses and Aaron, we're just fed up with them. Always think they know what to do. Who died and left them in charge? We have the Holy Ghost too. They didn't say it exactly like that, but that same idea. God uses us too. We know. Have you ever heard that kind of thing before? That's when smart people start ducking. <laughs> smart people start moving away, getting a little dis. I'm because that's what Korah, Dathan, and Abiram said. They said, "Now God uses us too." And who do you think you are? Who put you in charge, Moses and Aaron? Who do you think you are? And God said, move away. Step back. What, no, further than that. Way back. <laughs> and you remember the story? Have you read it? The ground opened up, swallowed up, Dathan, Abiram. All their camp, all their stuff, even their dogs and cats. Boom. Basically, God said, now that's what I think about that. That's what I think about rebellion. Now, we're not just wandering around with this, friends. I believe the Lord is preparing us. Amen. For a greater move of the Spirit. And we, we, we must qualify to cooperate with him. And he, he actually corrected me on this. I told you last week in the night, or actually early in the morning, corrected me about this respect and recognize thing. He said, no, respect, number one. Number one, emphasize that. Yeah. Respect, reverence him. That doesn't mean we get scared. That doesn't mean we get dry and we're afraid to shout or we're afraid to praise. It doesn't mean that. But it does mean that we we come to know him and when he's saying something, we don't interrupt him. 
And when he's doing something, we don't act flippant about it. And when God is dealing with people in the service and doing things in their life, half the crowd don't get up and go to the bathroom. Y'all haven't been doing that. Y'all are good about not doing that. But I'm just saying we must even increase in our awareness, in our reverence of God and his things. He said, you hadn't, your murmuring's not against us, it's against the Lord. In the, uh, in Numbers, don't turn there, but in Numbers it said a similar thing. It said, all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. And the whole congregation said, would God we'd have died in the land of Egypt, or would God we'd have died in the wilderness? And the Lord said, just a few verses later, he said, I have heard the murmurings of the children of Israel, which they murmur against me. He took it personally. How many remember when uh, Saul was on the road to Damascus? You remember that? He saw that bright light and he heard the Lord. What did the Lord say to him? Saul, Saul, why are you bothering my Christians? Hmm. What did he say? Why are you persecuting me? And what did he say? Who are you, Lord? He's thinking, I, and didn't Jesus say that in that day, many would say, you know, he'd say, I, I was hungry and you didn't feed me. And, and, and I was sick and you didn't minister to me or didn't visit me. And, that, and they'll say, Lord, when did we see you? We never saw, Lord, if I'd have known you'd want a drink of water. Oh, dear Lord, I'd have crossed the desert to give you a drink of water. What did he say? Inasmuch as you didn't do it for the least of these, my brethren, you didn't do it for me. Oh, friend. If the full revelation of this comes up in us, how we will treat each other. I said how we will treat each other. How we will respect God's chosen. Amen. Amen. Those who are speaking. He's using to speak through. And those he's using to lead through. And then all of every brother and sister. He said you you give a cup of cold water. In fact, let's let's, let's read that in closing. Matthew 10. Lying to somebody is about as disrespectful as you could get. Isn't it? You're trying to use your relationship with them and their, the trust and confidence that they have in you. You're trying to abuse that to deceive them. It's a traitorous thing. So it's, it's a wicked, it's a devilish, betraying thing. Let me, let me go a little bit further with it. I'm talking about two people who know each other, who have a relationship, have some history. And one of them looks at the other one and tells them a lie. And the person looks back and says, really? It doesn't sound right, doesn't seem right, but they're looking at this person. And they go, yeah, yeah, I'm telling you. Now, now you're telling me right? Yeah, I'm telling you the truth. I understand how devilish that is. Because their heart's telling them, no, it ain't right. And they're looking at you and go, yeah, but you know, we have this relationship. And, and they wouldn't just stand here and lie to me. You lying to me, me lying to you, God forbid, is a serious thing. But how many understand lying to God? Looking in the face of the Almighty. For one thing, it's absolutely stupid. I mean, God is going to know. <laughs> right? But why would they do it? Because they didn't see themselves lying to God. They're talking, they're looking at people. I know I was, uh, now this hadn't happened a lot, thank God. I mean, Phyllis and I have done quite a bit of traveling and just, I mean, 99.75% of the time, it's just been wonderful and great and good. There have been a couple of things that didn't go right. I was in a, in a meeting one time and for half the service, word of knowledge. Word of knowledge, powerful. Phyllis and myself and word of wisdom. Gifts of the Spirit. Knowing things supernaturally and ministering to people by it. And we, that was the last service of the meeting and we ended up and they were taking us to the airport. And the fellow reached over and handed me the envelope. And he said, I'm sorry, Brother Keith. 
He said the offerings just weren't very good. Well, the same Holy Ghost that'd been moving through us in the service, he ain't going anywhere. He's right there. And they believe that we're being used and no thing supernatural in the service. But some way or another now, you know, we wouldn't know. Holy Ghost says, the offerings were very good. That's what he said to me. The offerings were very good. So I said, what'd you do? Nothing. But I had rather the man had hit me in the face with his fist. At least that's honest. Did you hear me? Because it's, how do you get past some of these things? I mean, now there's something there. You understand what I'm talking about? I mean, I love them. But they've endeavored to betray confidence. And the more serious thing is, they didn't just lie to me. Did you hear me? That kind of thing has happened too many times. Now, let's just tell the truth. Tell the truth. Be honest. Be, a, be strong. Be a man. Be a woman. Tell the truth. Right? I tell my guys that help me, you know, if you blow it, bad. If you drop kick the computer and you, you know, you run over my dog or you, you wreck the car or you burnt the house down. You know, we may not be happy about it, but least let's deal with it. Come and say, I run over your dog, Brother Keith. I wrecked your car. We can deal with that. I said, we can, we can deal with that. We've got, God will help us. He'll give us another dog and another car. Amen? Amen. But don't lie. I said, don't lie. Lest you wind up lying to God. In Matthew 10, Jesus said this, and I saw this traveling with Brother Hagin. In Matthew, the 10th chapter. Matthew's in the New Testament, right? Matthew 10, verse 40. Matthew 10, 40. Jesus is talking about respecting. And in verse 40, he says, He that receives you receives me. Is that true? I mean, it's, you got red letters in some of your Bibles? If not, you know it's Jesus talking. Did he say, he that receives you, the one, my disciples, the ones I'm sending, the ones I've chosen, receives me. He that receives me, receives him that sent me. He that receives a prophet in the name of a prophet or as a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. I would say it like this. Anointing. The anointing is what produces the deliverances and the freedom and the results And he that receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. And whoever will give to drink unto one of these little ones a cup of cold water only in the name of a disciple. Why? Because they are mine. Because they represent me. Verily I say to you, he shall in no wise lose his reward. If we desire a greater manifestation of the Holy Ghost, we must come to a greater appreciation of him and a greater respect and reverence for him. I know Brother Kenneth Hagen, who's recently gone home to be with the Lord. We had the privilege of traveling with him some and we went to numerous places where people received him in the name of a teacher. Well, he was a teacher, is a teacher, but more than a teacher. In fact, the Lord taught him and corrected him at one point in his life about not putting the teaching ministry ahead of the prophet's ministry. Amen. This says, if you receive a prophet, how? We saw it. When people received him as a teacher, they got a teacher's reward. They got that level and that aspect of the moving of the Spirit. They were talking about the moving of the Spirit. But there were other places. That the pastors would teach and preach on the prophet's ministry and that kind of ministry for months before we got there. And we'd be there and he'd take a text and just like that start operating in that office. I mean first night. Why? Because of the level of respect. 
And it wasn't just respect for the man. It's respect for the God who called the man and anointed the man. It's respect for the anointing. It's respect for the Holy Spirit. Do you hear now? We must be enlightened to these things and we must receive them and cherish them. And when somebody gets up and says that me or or whoever else it is, whoever God happens to be using at the minute. But if God's using them and the anointing is there and the word is open to, we go, oh, the word, oh, the word, oh, the anointing. Amen. And just look past people and see the call of God. See the anointing of God. See the word of God. See the ministry and respect. Everybody say respect. I don't care if it's you sitting across the table from somebody at lunch here in a few minutes. You have the Holy Ghost in you. They have the Holy Ghost in them. Respect the Holy Ghost in yourself. Respect the Holy Ghost in your brother, in your wife, in your husband. How many understand the gifts of the Spirit are supposed to be operating at home? Manifestations of the Holy Ghost, anointing, are supposed to be operating between husbands and wives and between parents and children and on the job. This is not just a church thing, a service thing. The Holy Ghost is with you all the time. If we look to Him, if we respect Him, if we reverence Him. If we learn to know him well enough when he starts talking, I don't care. If you're checking out at the grocery store, how many understand God, the Holy Ghost, can use people that don't even know him? He can speak through a donkey. We ought to know the Holy Ghost well enough that if God starts talking to us through somebody at an unexpected place, we go, oh, 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 wait up, wait up, wait up. Now that's the Holy Ghost. That's the Holy. You don't have to make a scene. You don't have to go, up, oh, da-dum, da-dum, da Everybody listen, now this is the Holy Ghost. (laughs) That's how you'll get run out of places. (laughs) And most of the time that's not necessary. A lot of times it's you should know. It's for you, so you should be aware. And and learn to discern the difference between when it's just somebody talking and then there's something more than just them talking. And you go, hoo, 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 wait up, wait up. Now that's the Holy Ghost. And respect. Everybody say respect. Respect. Reverence. And you watch it, friend. The more you and I, I, we got some other things we're not getting to today. We'll get back on it as soon as the the Lord lets us. But you and I are going to come up. And we're going to come up in awareness of Him. And reverence of Him. Amen. Until he, the Holy Ghost is going to find us easy to work with. He's going to, the Holy Ghost to come in here on Sunday morning. Whoo, fill this place up. Amen. And he'll start to go this way and we'll know that's him. So we'll go this way. He'll start to go that way. We'll know that's him. So we'll go this way. We'll know when to jump, run and laugh. We'll know when to put our nose in the floor and go, the Lord, he is God. We'll know when to shout. We'll know when to cry. We'll know when to be quiet. We won't learn all this overnight, but he's our teacher. I said, he's our teacher. He is teaching us and he will. If you'll receive. How many will receive and say I want to be taught. I want to learn. Stand on your feet. Lift up your hands. This ministry has been brought to you today. Free of charge. By the partners of More Life Ministries. And Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge. You can become a word sender today. For more information. Visit our website at morelife.org.